What's going on, my friends? Welcome back to Titus Talks. Um, I'm really excited to have a great conversation today with Anna. Um, before we get into it, everything, you remember all the, the silly logistics. You can find everything on TitusTalksPodcast.com, Apple, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Um, well, that's Apple. So go to both twice. <laughs> um, find all the good stuff. Make sure you give us thumbs and hearts and all the things that you uh, that tell us that you love what we're doing, and we'll keep doing more of it. So with that out of the way, Anna, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's good to be here today. So we were talking, well, last time we were chatting, just kind of, you know, you know, professional meet and greet, or not meet and greet, catch up. But mm -hmm. I was telling you about the podcast and you were saying, oh, I've got a crazy cool career. I would love to. <laughs> well, and I said, all right, you have to come and tell us that story um, on our podcast. So we, the, it's pretty easy. And I want to kick it off by an open ending for you. And can you tell us a story? Sure. Yeah. Um, so it's funny because I, I, you know, being here in DC, I usually tell people I'm probably one of the only people who used to go to work in a hard hat and steel toe shoes. Uh, so early on, and, and believe it or not, you know, going to college and and um, and studying um, bio, I, I never thought that I would be that person either. Um, but I actually had the opportunity to work at a wastewater treatment plant, and so um, there was an analytical chemistry lab attached to the wastewater treatment plant. So, um, but because we were in this industrial setting, everyone had to wear hard hat, steel toe shoes when we would come to work. Um, and of course, be, um, be trained in, um, you know, what happens if the chlorine gas actually starts to escape and that, <laughs> and that alarm goes off. So, you know, it, it, I think it shows like the different ways you can use um, a biology degree or, or even like bio and chemistry. Um, as part of that too, I actually, we uh, believe it or not, there is something called the wastewater Olympics. And so <laughs> I was actually a, a, a member of our, our team from our plant. So um, I actually got to do confined space entry because I was the smallest person. So. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> it's all about you know, going through the small areas and trying to mm -hmm. it, like if you actually enter, let's say, uh, like a manhole and go into the manhole cover. So learning how to do that safely, <laughs> well, which is very, very important. I mean, like I may kind of make light of it, but it, it actually is really important. Yeah. But but you know, as I as I chuckle, it, it actually kind of shows the depth and breadth of an importance of how do you what goes behind the research. Right? And what goes behind yeah. the kind of things that we take for granted, uh, whether it be in an industrial setting or a university setting. So, um, and then the different kinds of careers that are, are possible. Yeah, that's super cool. The Wastewater Olympics is also a great way to frame, like talk about security and making sure people are able to do what they need to do, but in a way that is not just kind of bureaucratic regulation, like you make it mm -hmm. fun. Um, yeah. I like that. We need to figure yeah. out. Uh, it also gives you some interesting ideas of like, you know, can you imagine the diving board in the wastewater Olympics? I don't know. <laughs> well, we, we did actually, uh, one time when, uh, the plant manager was gone, we actually did use one of the backhoes in one of the, the pods, but that, that, that's for like another, that's for another <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's for the beer after work rather than. <laughs> that's, that's right. I think, I think I still have that VHS. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Well, so, I mean, you started you science, wastewater, all that yeah. kind of cool stuff. But so tell us a little bit about your career and how you ended sure. up where you are now. Sure. So, um, so, you know, believe it or not, I actually came out of um, high school and actually went to music school. I'm a bass player. So I always liked science, but, um, you know, decided, okay, I would leave that in the rearview mirror and um, go to um, 
go to school in New York City and, and did that for a little while. Of course, then reality kind of sets in and um, I made my way actually out to, um, to Indiana because of the music, big music school there. Um, and then found my way back into the lab um, because a whole number of reasons, but um, it was always that kind of driver of, of that, that curiosity of, of, okay, how do, how do things work? And um, I think biology is a really great way uh, to get at that. So um, in the process of doing that, that's where I had my little wastewater uh, treatment adventure. Um, but there's and not then, a lot of uh, bass players in the wastewater treatment Olympics. There is not. There is not. There was. There is not a performance. Well, I guess you could say it was kind of a performance. <laughs> um, but actually, you know, Indiana being what it was, and, and the big school of music there, um, there really was. I think half the biology department would leave the building. Uh, in the middle of the day or at the end of the day and like go off to some kind of rehearsal and then, and then come back cool. uh, as the, the, um, you know, hours of course are always a, a little bit on the longer side. Um, but it was really kind of at that time, then I decided that I really liked thinking about why people did science. Um, and not that I didn't like being in the lab, but I really kind of, I think found that what the driver for me was, okay, why, why are people doing this? And, and, and kind of like, what's the end game with that? Um, and so I actually was really fortunate to take a class on um, s and policy and sustainable development. Um, and that led me to uh, the School of Public and Environmental Affairs there and started you know, looking at science policy in earnest um, and an international component. So, I was really fortunate I got to combine something that at the time seemed rather strange, but science and public policy and actually regional studies. So I actually That's started cool. learning Chinese. Um, so this was, yeah, this was a little while ago, um, but uh, we had really robust programs to do overseas study. And so then I actually was able to spend um, a year as a visiting scholar at a university uh, in China looking at S&T policy. And that was right at the time when things really started we're starting to kick off and we started to see really um, changes in capabilities and also really building a solid foundation uh, to drive research there. So I think those experiences were really invaluable because you got to see, I think um, I think one of my colleagues said it, you know, being in the US or Western Europe, we, we look for uh, you know wealthy country solutions to different kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and um, this was back in the late 90s. So, you know, having the experience of, okay, what people do when there aren't that many resources. Now that's not the case now, um, but those kinds of experiences and, and just the different cultures of labs, uh, different cultures, but then also um, things that were very, very familiar. And, you know, that, I think science is that, that kind of international language. So, uh, you know, having that kind of foundation um, meeting a lot of you know friends and colleagues along the way. Do you ever think that your uh, Chinese mixed with S and T policy would become so such a contemporary <laughs> hot topic? Yeah, it's kind of funny because uh, when I you know the, the when I came back to DC, um, you know, and started you know interviewing or talking about okay, well, okay, now what? You know, I had this great adventure, and you know, I've finished up my you know master's degrees. Okay, what, what now? What? Um, and there really wasn't a whole lot of appetite. You know, in the early knots for before this is before nine eleven for uh, China S and P people. Actually, I did have a few people say, "Hmm, I don't know. Like, why did you study that?" <laughs> Which is kind of funny when you look at it uh, now. Um, but you know, was very fortunate. I actually um, read patents for a year. 
because I needed to pay my rent. <laughs> I was able to uh, to be able to do that and and kind of leverage some of the uh, like molecular biology background with that. Uh, and then you know, believe it or not, I ended up going um, and having an opportunity at DoD, which is something that I had not ever thought that I would end up doing. But uh, and I know you you kind of hail from from some of that background too. Yeah. But it became really clear just the kinds of issues and kinds of problems. Um, and the really multidisciplinary nature of the problems that DOD deals with, right. uh, just found really, I found really fascinating. Uh, and again, it was a really different way to, <clears throat> you know, to apply um, some of those, you know, different skills and, uh, and also, you know, think about, okay, uh, what kind of opportunities in the future, whether that be looking more at that international piece or um, even some of the continue with some of the environmental pieces. What um, anyone ever goes to music school planning to work at the DOD? <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know, it's kind of funny, although believe it or not, there is that huge intersection really between music and science. Yeah. Uh, so I had a lot of um, actually several classmates that ended up uh, leaving and, and going and majoring in math or physics and uh, taking on that, that kind of more science role. But yeah, it's one of those things. And, and I'd, I'd love to hear your uh, experiences because it was one of those things, and I think this is really important for for listeners is that you know understanding what the possible is. Right? Because I think we get into this academic track, and there's you know one view of success or what success means, and there's one path. And so, really being able to explore, okay, what are all those different places that you can do really really interesting things um, and tackle you know really interesting or hard problems uh, that are not necessarily your traditional academic um, yeah. track. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of took a little bit of a, uh, a detour, I think, with uh, Wait, you, most now of... the detour? <laughs> now is the detour. <laughs> now is the detour. Um, you know, 9-11 happened and that, you know, impacted a lot, of, a lot of us and a lot of folks at DOD. So I ended up being put on a task force doing stuff that I would never have thought that I would ever do, like much more tactical military kinds of analysis. Uh, because at the time that just, you know, that was what everyone did that was there. Yeah. Um, and I think what that really kind of in, instilled in me was the importance of being flexible and, um, and the importance of mission and the importance of having, you know, what is that, um, that guiding star, or what is that, that the questions that you're, that's driving you, not so much even the place that you're doing that, um, but what are those drivers? Like, what are those things you're trying to solve and, and the importance of that? And that, at least to me, having that real world issue, um, that's really important. And I think that's the great thing about biology too, is that we, we use it to solve like some of the world's hardest problems, yeah. whether it be climate, whether it be issues with the environment, you know, whether it be public health kinds of issues. So, um, so, so coming back from that detour, uh, and then I, you know, I spent a good part of the rest of, um, spent almost 20 years with the government uh, doing a variety of things, but mainly looking at um, S&T policy, uh, international S&T policy, specifically in Asia, um, but just looking at, again, what are the drivers and why do people end up doing science. Uh, and that has really taken on, you know, twists and turns, especially um, in this new 
kind of realm of global competitions and, and thinking, what does that really mean? Right? And how do you find those really, in some ways you could say existential areas where you, you really need to collaborate. Science is one of those areas that's that so like? strange as well, because, because there is this national strength that you want to, that every country mm -hmm. wants to have their own national strength, but science doesn't propagate well or progress well if you're not collaborating. So it's this serious tension where like you either force stasis or you gotta get over somehow and start to work together. Right. Right. And and finding those ways of how do you um how do you preserve that, you know, that collaboration and the transparency and reciprocity. And I think really those you know, what we've you know kind of referred to as those global norms of science right? um, that are you know both at the personal level you know at the institution level and then we have that kind of more at the at the national level yeah. um well we yeah. spent a lot of time talking about biotech but is that always been one of the snt topics that have been relevant kind of in the background because it hasn't always been kind of as the common conversation right. but as, mm -hmm. just now you're thinking about that is that something that's always been there or is it kind of rather new you know, I think um, I think the discussions around the bioeconomy is is the part that's really new. Uh, I think there's been more of a more traditional approach to looking at biotech uh, from the perspective of weapons and mass destruction and bio, you know, biological weapons. And so I think that thread is you know has been there for for decades. And I think a lot of the efforts has really been in that realm. Yeah. Um, of course. I, uh, not, not always successfully, <laughs> but have really been a big proponent of there's such a wide variety and there's such a wide application of the biological sciences that cuts across so many different parts of society. Like we said, public health, environment, ag, which a lot of people don't think of the agricultural piece uh, and how, you know, how do we harness these kind of new developments for for good and, you know, for being able to drive these different um, technologies in ways that really benefit benefit everyone. Um, and so, yeah, and, and how do we, you know, make sure that they benefit the, the greatest group of people, yeah. so, yeah, it's a, which is... It's such a strange uh, topic because I, I think I said it before, but when I was at the, in the Pentagon trying to talk about biotech, I described it as bringing the mm -hmm. goo to the zoom and boom people, like, thinking about biotech. <laughs> And other than that, yep. it looks, it's like a block of green jello in people's head, right? Was, well, how is that right. beneficial to anyone outside of like uh -huh. or something? But the technology <laughs> conversation is changed pretty uh -huh. dramatically now. It, I think it has, and, um, and and I'm sure it's probably because a lot of the foundational work that, that you did. Um, but I have to laugh the green glue green goo, because so much of that is, is really, especially for, you know, I mean, everyone knows about like big weapon systems, yeah. but trying to explain to folks, okay, no, really like your genomic data matters <laughs> and, and the, 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 the microbiome that matters and, and, and how that, you know, really is, relates not only to DOD's mission, but for uh, the bioeconomy and, and talking about, okay, again, all the different things that, that, that touches. Uh, which is actually how I ended up at, at CSET. So we're a fairly new place, Center for Security Emerging Technologies, um, tr have originally focused on AI kinds of, of issues, uh, but this year we're moving into looking at biotech more broadly 
And so I'm really excited about that because we get to look at, you know, the drivers and, you know, I get back to that. Why? Like, why are people doing things and, and really getting a better understanding of what's the depth and breadth of what's going on out there. Uh, so we don't have to, you know, look at different silos of, you know, the applications, but really kind of look at things broadly. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I mean, my, I love <laughs> the AI and biotech intersection. That's, you know, I spent a lot of time mm -hmm. thinking and talking about that. So I think it's great. That's great. Um, we haven't really talked to anyone about the kind of life in the think tank world and policy world. Can you tell us a little bit about like, right. you went from science to wastewater, well, you went from musician mm -hmm. to scientist, to wastewater, to <laughs> military tactician, to policy thinker, like what's, what's life like in the think tank career field? Yeah, you know, um, well, I'd say it was a little weird because uh, I knew leaving government was going to be different. I didn't realize I'd be sitting at my dining room table, so because <laughs> I literally uh, started in March of 2020. So I think everyone's yeah, another as I say, another another twist and turn. Um, but you know, we were really fortunate at CSET that we, um, you know, we we are funded um, fully, so we uh, have a very a lot of autonomy and can really kind of dig into the kind of really needy questions surrounding a lot of the technologies um, and really are able to, um, you know, think about, okay, what, what are those really big questions that, that folks are going to need to tackle? Um, and then we're really also really fortunate we have huge data holdings. And so we can really bring that kind of data-driven um, analysis and, and focus to these hard questions. And um, we're really fortunate. We've got such a great group of people that you know, we do a lot of outreach. Um, we really try to to hear what um, what policymakers are grappling with, as well as really trying to um, put out in front, you know, the things that we think are, are really important. And um, yeah, so well, it's really <laughs> cool, kind of bringing it back to your your original skill set and training, like the intersection of art and science and now policy, mm -hmm. but art science in particular, like that's something that Katie has been a big champion of from our side. Um, Katie, it sounds mm -hmm. like we should, we need to think about like music and science as well. That's as awesome. Kind of display. Huh. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, well, I was, it, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Katie. No, I just was thinking I, like music is so universal as, as an art form, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you go into museums and, and people think, I, I don't understand that, right? Or that doesn't, doesn't right. invoke like a, a reaction from me, but I think music is something that it doesn't matter what your background is, what language you speak. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a way to communicate with people um, in a really unique way. And so mm -hmm. I, I wonder how much of, of that has informed the way that you communicate and the way that you approach the why behind science. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's really, that, that could be it because I think taking that really kind of multidisciplinary approach, but also making it really accessible to people, right? making people you know, making, helping people understand, okay, why, why does this matter to you? Or why does this matter to me? And um, in a, you know, in a way that, um, I guess that is accessible to different parts of society. So, because uh, I think that that's really, and how do we communicate, right? Like, how do we take this, you know, explicit data that we have and, and you know, make it matter in ways that, you know, shape people's lives and, and make them better? Because I think that's kind of really the driving, at least for me, that's one of the drivers of, of you know, how do we harness this just amazing technology and um, have, you know, policies that, that do that and to foster that and, you know, kind of really serve, you know, different parts of society. Yeah. 
So, but that's a great way. I never really thought about that. That that's yeah, maybe that's why you know. And, and I like to try to bring really like different skill sets to my team. So. Um, you know, everyone from, you know, we have some biologists and folks that you know, are data scientists and um, people that are, are regional um, folks that, that focus on different cultures. So, so I think that's really important. I hear an article coming. <laughs> I know. I was like, hmm. <laughs> the intersection. Of, yeah. I mean, and I, you know, that, that could be, you know, I think it's, you know, I mean, you know, there's a lot of, I think there is a lot of scholarship about how do you emerge, was it STEM or STIA or, or how do you, you know, is it's not just S&T and, and how do you help people communicate in that multidisciplinary way? So yeah, I'm going to have to think about that. <laughs> we'll have to follow up on how to do that. <laughs> I will definitely follow up. Okay. Um, yeah. That sounds I'm awesome. Taking off my editor hat. Oh, sorry. No, no. Off the editor hat and mm -hmm. back on the podcast hat. Um, what advice do you have for our audience uh, for those yeah. further along in their career, but also their, those beginning their career? Mm -hmm. So I think the really important thing is find your guiding star, right? Like find what really matters to you. Um, you know, whether it be being in the lab or whether it be um, the why people are doing science or, you know, if it's, you know, the driver is your particular kind of research and really kind of be true to that because that will then guide you um, in your career. And most careers are not linear. Right? I mean, I think you always worry like, oh my gosh, where am I going to be in five years? And, and how is that going to relate to now? Am I doing the right, like, everyone's always worried, am I doing the right thing right now? You know, and there are skills that you want to do, but, but really take those opportunities right, that, that will help you grow. Like grow as a person, grow in your career, um, and really kind of challenge you in different ways. Like I would never have thought that I would, you know, have ever been on like a tactical military task force um, doing something that I had never done before. Um, but it, you know, it changed me in many ways. Um, not only because of the topic, but you know that teamwork and having a mission and learning how to bring in different opinions, different skill sets, different perspectives, because you're dealing with, you know, strategists, you're dealing with people that are on the ground, um, and really being able to tie that together and have a team, because that's really, really important. Um, and I think those kinds of things help you grow. Um, and I think it's really like, it, it, kind of pulling on that thread is people really make the path. So don't forget, so forget that and always be kind. The people uh, behind everything we do, from bioeconomy to this Tadstock podcast, all of the people. Right. Technology is mm -hmm. interesting, and I'm a technologist. I think about it night and day. But the people who make things happen, art doesn't just materialize. Technology doesn't just materialize. Mm -hmm. People and teams of people, um, and oftentimes the most effective teams of people are the ones that collaborate well and then produce some really cool stuff. Um, so yeah. I think that yeah. maybe it goes from your from your kind of band and orchestra days to to the way you <laughs> won the uh, wastewater olympics to the way you i didn't realize all there we go well we didn't win i didn't say we won we didn't win but we participated okay. the, the participation <laughs> to, you're the only person i know with the participation ribbon from wastewater olympics so i think that's great and then, and then you even modern einstein being a patent examiner while you uh, figured out your way i think that's great it's hardly <laughs> 
Well, Anna, it's been really great and we really appreciate your perspective. Um, and I think that everyone will share some links and stuff as well, but everyone should check out, check okay, out the stuff great. that CSET is, is writing and thinking. It's some really cool work uh, across the whole field of kind of S&T policy, China S&T policy. There's a lot of, a lot of thinking there. So you had, you were before your time thinking of Oh, oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with everyone and uh, definitely check yeah, out. We'll share that. Up. And for everyone, remember, you can find everything in okay. TitusTalksPodcast.com, all the good podcast spots on YouTube, whatever it happens to be. Um, and we'll keep bringing you good stuff. So thanks, Anna. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you. Thanks, everyone.